little show note. Uh, after the podcast, we have a songwriter spotlight that you're going to love. Bob DePiro is amazing. Wait until you hear that. Uh, now, we've got to get down to business. And now... The Big D and Bubba Weekly Podcast. Big D and Bubba, they have a show five days a week, but they don't get to say everything that's on their mind. So they have an extra one, and that's how we get the podcast. The podcast, the podcast. Big D and Bubba Podcast, the podcast, the podcast. Big D and Bubba Podcast. Good morning. Hello. See, you didn't want to add that to gold, D. No, 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 no. no, I was all for adding it. He was just going to make it to where she goes, hello. <laughs> and then he's that like, was half of the fun. That was half of it. The that best part of it. is Bubba coming back going, well, okay. Right here. Play. Uh, okay, so here is the gold from this week. Good morning. <laughs> hello. <laughs> she laughs. All she, all she does is say good morning, and then she laughs. And then like, I don't know why I was a jerk. I yeah, came you back were kind of a jerk about <laughs> it. Oh, good morning. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's, so it's, it's that jerky laugh of his. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> I know I did it. I'm sorry. It's no, I'm great. not. Uh, so here we go. <laughs> Kicking off the podcast. And uh, this week sponsored by Castrol GTX Magnatech. A lot can go wrong in 20 minutes with your car, uh, with basically with life. But your car's engine is actually no different. Up to 75% of engine wear actually happens during warm-up. Whenever you first start it in the morning or after work or whenever, Castrol GTX Magnatech has intelligent molecules that will cling to your engine like a magnet and provide you instant protection from the moment you start. And now you know. Good morning. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, that was me. I did that. Yep. My mom will hear that and she'll be like, Son, Shame on you. Honey, I got to hang out with my parents this weekend. It was so fun. Uh, this past weekend we did a, uh, a family reunion slash wedding, and it was great, man. Like we went fishing, and then we fished some more, and then we ate a bunch of fish, and then we – fished and then we crabbed and fished and ate shrimp and oh did i mention we ate some more and then we had lots of alcohol and it looks like you caught a ton of fish too we did um the very first day we caught our limit which was 25 um uh, speckled trout uh per person and we did that in an hour and so basically the four of us we caught 100 speckled trout in one hour and we threw away Another hundred, I say threw away, threw back another hundred that didn't make the length. You know, it got to be 12 inches or more. And so the hundred was just the ones that were long enough to keep. Yes. That's crazy. Man. Oh, we were killing it, man. It was awesome. Love that. So a little bit too early for the redfish where we were at, but uh, it would have been a good fun one. Got to go back. How's your mom and dad doing? Mom and dad are great. Dad, you know, ah, I hate saying it. I, I worry about my dad. I think his health is starting to fail again. Like, you know, he can't stand around. for t- Like, whenever he was visiting here um, on their way to the wedding and everything, they stopped here, and we went fishing. And it, it kind of sucked because, and let me go back, it didn't suck. Hanging out and all that didn't suck. But after about an hour, hour and a half, he goes, I can't stay out here any longer. Let's go home. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Dad, we used to be able to fish all day. Yeah. Just standing here, fishing. So, yeah, that was kind of sad. I'm like, man... So uh, I can't stand I, just, I can't stand that long now. What does that well, say? I would just like to say for those of you who um, have parents who are who are getting older, heck, don't even worry about them getting older. If you have parents, pick up the phone and call them. Uh, just say hey, check in. You don't you don't even have to say you love them. I think your phone call says that, but you know it's always good to say I love you. I, I tell you, I still do the uh, 
the Gary, I love you thing at the end of conversations with everybody yeah. in my family. I learned that a long time ago from a friend of ours named Gary. If I'm talking to my brother or my sister or whomever, uh, I, I do the I love yous. I you still know, remember when we started. So we used to work with Gary, and he used to tell us he loved us. And it was, you know, we were all guys in our in our 20s, you know? Yeah. It was like, what? Did he say he loves us? That's weird. Like we would be you know? hanging up the phone or seeing you. See you later. Bye. Okay, I love you. All right, I love you. Like, yeah. So we 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 got on the air. And we kind of start making fun of it. Well, we did make fun of it. Yeah. And, kind um, of. Again, three guys in our twenties. Yeah. So of course we made fun of that. Good morning. <laughs> and, uh, and so, um, and so you know, I'm like, dude, ah, man, I like Gary, but what the heck, man. You know, he says he loves you. He's like, and so we did this whole thing. So after the show, he calls and he's like, "Hey, man, uh, I, I heard you talking, and I, I'm assuming you're talking about me." Um, That's always uncomfortable, by the way, when yeah, you do this job. Like, oh, yeah, someone goes, you know, yeah, I heard your show, and I yeah, think you were you talking know, about just, me. Just messing around. He goes, "Well, the reason I say that is because when I was growing up, I was in a really bad car accident." Uh, or my brother was in a relief car. Well, he was too, wasn't he? They, they were, were both, both in there. the car together, yeah. And uh, he goes, and my, and my brother died. And he said, I never had a chance to tell him I love him. So now I always say, I love you with anyone because I never know if I'm going to see him again. And I was like, well. Isn't that the sweetest that thing? Really Go ahead and is. tell me that now because I want to kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the day that I changed, though, because I went, yeah. you know, you know I'm, what? I'm adopting that. And I, I did. I The only people I don't tell that I love you are to you guys. And that's weird. Mm. Like, I pretty much tell everybody else that is close to me I love you. So I love you. I love you. And I love you. Yeah. Oh, I don't, man, I I lo- don't, so, don't pick up that <laughs> habit. I, you know. Oh, you don't want us to tell you we no, love you? Does it make I mean, you uncomfortable? No. I mean, it's Come just, over here, man. Group hug. I was about to say, give him a hug, Bubba. I just feel like it's... Uh, yeah, a little contrived, maybe. You tickly? Yeah. It's not contrived. I do. Dude, I do love you. I mean, Dude, I love okay. you like a brother. Would you guys Would you guys do a show I'm not going to be making out with you kind of love. I, I love where, you like I love you. I'm trying to change subjects. Would you guys <laughs> see that. do a show where we tickle each other, where we have to see where each other is ticklish at? Nope. No. Look, Carson, Carson's <laughs> nope. the first one out. <laughs> Uncle. <laughs> where, we, where we have to... Um, where we have to see who can last the longest in each body part area. Oh, what's, that's so what's the what's such the such main weirdo, tickle areas? Like under the arms. Okay, that's bottom one. Bottom of your feet. A bottom of your feet. Some people are real ticklish around their neck. You know what I mean? Yeah, like your rib me. cage, maybe? My, my neck is weird. Uh, I don't like anyone touching my You'll never neck. find my rib cage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Keep, no, try again. What no. protects your heart, D? I don't know. I don't know. I just... Uh, <laughs> Um, and so I'm like a memory foam body, you know? <laughs> uh, so, uh, you can put a, pe- a glass of wine on me and jump up and down. And <laughs> it doesn't spill anywhere else. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, You're anyway, so lucky. So, uh, I think that'd be fun to do like a, like a, a tickle off. Who wants to yeah. do tickle off? Hey, guess what? Is Nobody this, but you, man. Is this how Kevin Spacey got? <laughs> from no. I think it is. I think this Why don't you is the see beginning. how many artists will play this game with you? No, please don't. <laughs> Do not it. ever look at me in the face. Do Lee not Bryce, ever. Lee Bryce is on the show on Monday. I can't promise. Lee that. Bryce is on the show on Monday. I see a tickle off coming, and Lee will do it. That's the funny thing yeah. is if you know you Lee, do it. there's certain people you can do. He it would with. totally do. Yeah. Lee Bryce, Tyler Farr. There's yeah, a couple okay. people that would oh, be totally down. The last thing I want to imagine is you and Tyler Farr in a tickle off. <laughs> Come here, I'm gonna tickle you. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
Sorry, did I make it weird? You really thought was? this was better a better topic squirm. than Bubba saying I love you to yeah. people? Yeah. yeah. How did you? How yeah. is this less creepy? Yeah, you're right. It really isn't. Yeah. All right. Yeah, my bad. I love you. You want to tickle? <laughs> now you just there. combine the two. Yeah, why not? Why not combine them? So I, was reading, so I was reading the, uh, the JFK files. You know, uh, Trump said he was going to uh, uh, release these JFK files, well, which he did Trump. not. It, was, it wasn't Trump. It was the government said that 25 years ago they would release them. Right, and they didn't. Um, right. Released and part of them, and so then Trump comes in. Well, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna release them, and then somebody got to him. Oh yeah, he, they got to, and him. he didn't release them because he didn't know what was in it completely. It's bad, y'all. It is. There's something in there that don't want in us there to see. That it's because, and I think it's a. I don't know. I, it's it's pretty. I think it's deep. The internet uh, conspiracy theories are going crazy. And you know who they think is implicated in, maybe not in like an assassination type thing, but in some other portions of his life is yeah, Bush uh, Senior. Bush Senior. Oh, yeah, and, that's, and, and they're well, saying they were expecting him to be dead by now. Yeah, and the fact because that he's 25 still alive. years ago they were like, ah, oh, yeah, he'll never make it. You know, well, but, who lives to 92? You know, one yeah. percent of all people. So, so he's still here, and so some of the stuff isn't being released, and they're like, is it because of him? So that's kind of where the internet's running off with mm. it. Yeah. It's crazy. <sighs> Remember, he you was know, the head of the CIA yep. at one time. That's crazy talk. There's a couple of things. That, <laughs> listen, there's only been, what, 8% or 4% has been released so far. They're supposed to do this big batch release, but they got to him and said, no, no, you can't do that. And so he's like, okay, well, until uh, what it was, we have was, a chance to— It was more than that. He didn't have to act—he wasn't going to actively release it. It was going to be released based on a law that had already been passed. He had—he could stop it. And so everyone was going, well, is he going to stop it? And he said, nope, I'm not stopping it. It's coming out. It's coming out. And they had to go to him and go, yeah, you need to stop this. So he actually had to sign an executive order to prevent it from being released. Yeah. Does that not that, get I mean, anyone's that's, attention? And as yeah. much as, well, no matter how you feel about Donald Trump, I, it goes against everything I know about him to think he wouldn't release that. I, you know, he I just seems this, like a. Can I just say this? I think this all goes back to uh, the alien thing. That documentary we talked about on the podcast and on the show a bunch of times, unacknowledged, where the CIA and the the shadow government or whomever is actually really in charge. And this is crazy talk again. I love this stuff. Uh, where they said that basically the aliens are on a need-to-know thing, and they see the president as a temporary employee, and that that's why they don't tell the ali- the president about the aliens, because they're like, oh, we'll have another one in four yeah. to eight years. Yeah, exactly right. Hmm. Um, so but that's what, kind of the same thing on the Kennedy stuff. There's a couple of things in those files, though, that was released that I wanted to bring up. One of them is a very small little detail that was I that someone else noticed and I read about. But in one of those documents, okay, it looks legit. You know, they're you know they're copied on there, and it's kind of you know not super clear quality. It's kind of fuzzy a little bit, but you can read it. But it has at the very top of the letterhead, it has the words "I love you." It says you know from the whatever office, blah blah blah, and then it has the address, and then it has you know the uh, is it the area code. Zip code? zip code zip code for address yes all right zip code so it has a zip code and so you don't think much about it and i was like oh and then someone said yeah look at the date and the date was 
1946 or whatever. He says, the zip code was not put into effect until the 60s. And I'm like, that's not true. No, so that is true. So they backdated something? I, and that, yeah. So I went back really? and I looked and I went, nope, nope, that's true. The zip codes weren't put in, they weren't being used until the 19th, like almost 15 years later. So whoever went back. Screwed up. Screwed up. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, zip codes have been used since 1963. Yep. Wow. That one made me go. That's. Uh, you know, you get that moment, you go, oh my gosh. Everything around me is a lie. Oh, no. No, no. The United States implemented postal zones for large cities in 1943. Oh, okay. Never mind. Thank you. Oh, well, now you can go on that forum and look like the smart guy. Yeah. Is that what it says? Put that in there. Or did they change that, too? They might have changed this, too. (laughs) (laughs) Except for uh, this one page. We used it there as a test. Uh, You can see that in the JFK files. That was the very first one we did. Just Just to see. Just to see. The other uh, crazy thing that came out was the um, bombshell that Hitler did not die at the end of World War II. Was that in the... Uh, yes. I uh, saw part something about that, but I didn't think that was well, real. Well, I have believed that for a, long a decade. Time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, especially with all the South America yeah, connection and yeah. Argentina that's where they and said Chile he and all that. Yeah, they were talking. CIA agents were talking with... Some guy. Do you watch that show, Hunting Hitler or Finding Hitler or whatever it is? It's amazing. What, Patrick? The document says that they investigated whether or not Hitler, the CIA, but it doesn't, there's nothing conclusive. Well, they wouldn't investigate it if they didn't have doubts. Well, they have doubts, but they don't, it doesn't prove that he did. It doesn't prove that he didn't. Just says they tried to figure out if he was actually living in Argentina or not. A guy that they were talking to says he's definitely alive. Or was. And he's, right. And he's in Argentina. This is 1955. He's in Argentina. And he says, uh, I, I have a picture with him. And they what? said, they said well, have you all seriously not looked at all this? No. no. I saw some of it. I saw the thing about yeah, uh, there's LBJ being in the Ku Klux Klan. And I mean, that was, there was a guy, all it was was a letter from a guy claiming that LBJ was in the KKK. And I'm like. Okay, but they have a well, picture. That's not any proof. You there know? is a picture of a guy, this guy, this informant, apparently, with <laughs> another guy who looks just like Hitler. But I mean, why would he take a picture? Right. You know what I mean? If you're Hitler, you're not you're taking Hitler, a picture. If you're you hiding out from the world, because that was actively during the uh, the trials uh, that they <laughs> were doing all the war criminal trials. So yeah, why would you take a picture with anyone in '55? Yeah, in 1955. That's uh, silly. I don't know. I'm not saying it's not possible. I don't know. The point, my point, is that yeah, you know, all this stuff's going to come out, but I don't believe now. I don't even believe half of it because they can change whatever they want to change. Mm-hmm. It's like they already they're already given a chance to look at it and you know cross out whatever they want right. and black out you know names and stuff like that. And the, and of course they can change anything. I can put my face on my dad's face and show it to him, and he doesn't know any different. So don't you think that uh, they can change? ages around and make it look like that's the way it was especially when they're supposed to be old because right. like easier. you said with the fuzz and it, it was like what they use mimeographs or something yeah. Yeah. here's why i don't believe this picture i'm looking at it right now oh let me see i would i would like to Hold see it because because camera show it show it and share to all the kids because the guy looks too much like hitler for it yeah. to be 1955 yeah. first of all hitler didn't even look that young in 1944 
Hitler was starting to look really, really old and worn out at the end. Yeah, no. That You're is... telling me he didn't change his hair? He didn't shave the the toothbrush mustache. The first thing you do is get rid of the, of the Hitler mustache. mustache. If you're gonna go, move to Argentina and go into hiding, I think you shave. I the mustache. actually think it looks like Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that yeah. again. I'll give you your phone back. That's not Hitler. He took a picture. With... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you had it. That's the worst. Yeah. I just dropped his phone. Or this could be a picture of a guy with Hitler, but that's not 1960. Or 1955 or whenever. You have to look at the That guy uh, looks way too young to be Hitler in 1955. But. Well, since we're on the conspiracy stuff, uh, I also uh, ran across uh, a fascinating video uh, where a guy is a forensic scientist. and I mean, a uh, acoustic forensic scientist. And um, can, says that he can prove scientifically that there are two shooters in Vegas. I mean, it was 30 minutes long, and I didn't watch it, and I don't care. So that's why I, I can't I can't discuss whether or not I think what, there's anything to it. What they should I have done was had the 30-minute video and then a click here for the three-minute yeah, abridged version. Yeah, the five version. minutes of yeah, it I did watch was so technical. You know, well, yeah, when you start using big words and numbers on a on a blackboard or whiteboard behind you, I mean, you lose. Yeah. Enough people, when you sound smart enough to make that's my make problem. It believable. Anything yeah. on YouTube, when I go to those instructional videos, if it says you know check this out, and you go and you click on it, and it's twenty seven minutes long, and it's some guy just standing there talking, I'm out. Show well, me a condi- if you can have that. I mean, I'm sorry, we but can't also Disney have, this up enough for you I'm, I'm, morons well, to, so that I'm, you can follow it. What I'm saying is, is saying for those people you who don't are understand out there, it either, and it's much more believable. Absolutely understood it, and you would have understood it too if you did. You, you just watch watched the whole thing. It. I watched 27 minutes of it. Well, what At I'm the saying end, is, saying take, the same a, thing take a two or three minute summary and say, if you'd like to see the way we reach these numbers, you can go click on this video. Yeah, but then people go, right? I mean, you could do that, but he really goes into detail and explains because that way there's no like well, i don't know you just kind of flim flammed it that's the problem if you put the three minute video up your comments are going to be nothing but well, if well you, where's, you your proof? where's your 27 i want yeah. a 30 minute explanation yeah. and he does and he goes I, into i all will that. say this uh i read the comments below and the comments were uh pretty much mind blown whoa i knew it uh oh my you know, god the people believe something they saw on the internet uh, no but you know what i'm saying I mean, there was a there was a lot of really you know convinced people in the comments. Well, then, then I mean that makes it totally legit. If you want to look it up, look up Health Ranger uh, and then Vegas. Just Google Health Ranger Vegas, uh, and you'll you'll go into it. I mean, he was very, you know, it was very believable. Um, and I don't understand why we haven't heard much more about Vegas. We were talking about that two mm-hmm. days ago. And we said, you know, it's so weird that it's kind of out of the news cycle. Mm-hmm. Why are we not? We know everything about this guy in New York City. We knew everything about him within but four hours. He had a more predictable and easy to find motive. He did this. Okay, but you didn't know? this? Didn't this guy film himself? Didn't they say that he filmed himself? They said he had cameras. I don't know that yeah. he recorded any. Of and them. how many times are they going to revise the timeline? It's been three official timeline <clears throat> revisions. Uh, the, and then you've got the thing where the cops say that they did fire some shots when they went into the room. Uh, in one of the timelines, I don't know. I don't know if it's the first, second, or third. Uh, why would they do that if the guy already had killed himself? I mean, there's a lot of crazy. Well, weird even things. on the news this morning, across the ticker, it said Las Vegas shooting might have been motivated by gambling debts. Which it's been a month to be able to go through finances and stuff. You think that 
if that was indeed, if you think that was a motive, I think it would be able to be proven or not within the last 30 days. I've seen too many movies that have Will Smith in it that tell me not to trust the government because they can make things up. <laughs> Every Will Smith movie that has that, I watch. How about the one where he's being, they're like, you know. The Enemy em- of the State? Oh, my gosh. When, that, that's, that movie is like 20 years old. And what's great. What year did that come out? Like 97, 98? What's that- great is a lot of that stuff that was make-believe at the time. It was uh, the thing was it wasn't make believe at the time. We just didn't. Nineteen ninety eight. No, no. There we was there was some that was make there was some that was make believe. I've talked what? to people who know things, and some of that stuff was make believe. However, a lot of that stuff has been. What uh, was make believe in that movie? Well, I mean, that's it's just now. like I, I'm not going to say specifics. I'm not. Why? I'm not putting myself in a it's, weird spot, bro. I'm just saying I have people that I know that know stuff, okay. and there what was I'm saying is. That people that you, even the people that you know might not be admitting to you that the government had that stuff in the 90s. Um, you realize the government, the stuff, the cameras, the freaking Oh, the, the stuff we know about now, yeah. I, I get that. The I government get... had stuff 10 years before we knew about it. I hope they do. I want what? them to have all that stuff. I want them to stop the bad guys. <clears throat> we had uh, the SR-71 in 19, what, 50? I forget when it, when it was. I mean, uh, that thing is old tech and... Can you imagine what we have now? What about the, your dad's story about seeing the radar re- display yeah. over the across the Gulf? Yeah, my dad tracked something across. He used to run the radars um, across the Gulf of Mexico out of uh, Homa, Louisiana, uh, right around the Co- Korea era, <clears throat> and they tracked something at like Mach seven or something crazy like that. Now, what you Google? What across the, the, I'm going to Google fastest airplane. It's going to be. Now you just uh, he now that's your dad. It's my dad, and he still stands by that story. I've asked yep. him, and I'm I probably have the number off, but it is I want to say it was like five or seven, something crazy. And they're the, like, "Do you want?" They were like, "Do we should scramble jets?" And they were like, "There's no way we're gonna catch it. Uh, it's too late." The the fastest airplane in the world uh, that we know about is still probably the SR seventy one. Uh, oh my gosh! Oh, they going to the scram? Killing jet. me, absolutely killing me. Um, no, number one is the North American X fifteen, which was at Mach six point seven. Uh, that was. But they a, didn't fly that across the n- Gulf. No, <laughs> that was just a basically just a rocket with wings, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the uh, SR seventy one is at number two on the list. Uh, and they built that in nineteen sixty four. Yeah, sixty four. You telling me, man? Come on. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's some stuff we don't know about. All I know is this: America is awesome. It really is. And what's great is, you know, everybody talks about how um, over the past 20 years, the other countries have seen significant improvements in their stuff. I mean, look, you've got even Iran has drones now. But the point is, we're still so far ahead of everyone else. Don't kid yourself. Sure, they're more capable, but they're still not as capable. America is still leading the way. And that's awesome. Yeah, they're getting their they're getting their. um... They're getting their uh, drones from like Best Buy, and <laughs> they're getting the leftovers from Radio Shack when they closed. <laughs> I miss Radio Shack. Aw, I never. Uh, well, they're still around, but don't they just sell cell phones now? 
They have a prominent role in Stranger Things too. <coughs> really? Yeah. They do. Bob works at Radio I, Shack. I haven't seen it still. Well, that's on you. It's been a week. And, well, it's, I know, I know, I know. It sucks. <laughs> Let me tell you, I wanted to see it, but we're at that wedding mm-hmm. and everything like that, and all we have is the laptop, and we talked all about that. And I just, hopefully this weekend, maybe, but Frankie's got a birthday party, so I have six uh, 11-year-olds sleeping over at my house on Friday. Uh, wow, that's tonight. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Lord. Is. Oh, <coughs> Can I cancel this? I feel fluey or something. Um, but yeah, so hey, I have all those kids so coming over yeah. and then we're doing you football. You got like a fever or something? Yeah, I do. I, I oh, feel man. weird. I feel you weird. probably shouldn't have people at your house. No. What, what I a- should do is I should eat cookie dough and see if that helps things. Well, so there, uh, Frank's got a bunch of boys, guys coming over? Yeah. It's, he decided he didn't want a birthday party. You know, he didn't want to do the thing. He's like, I just want to sleep over where we just play PlayStation all night long and make videos for YouTube and all that. I'm like, okay, cool. God. That's cool, man. Yeah. So the first half doing? of that, I could relate to. I'm like, I remember that. And the second part, I was like, Nope, uh, nope, dude. No, they, they didn't make movies when you were growing up. They, we did. We did uh-uh. too. I didn't. <laughs> we gotta find. Uh, I'm... Do you know what we did as girls? What we made up dances. We would go to sleepovers and we would spend the night choreographing dances. Okay. Seriously, we were like, that's what chicks would do. We would get that's our lame. dad's camcorder and make our GI Joe men like you know you move them like uh, oh, like yeah. animatronics, stop action. yeah, stop action films with our Hot Wheels and things. I mean, that's what we did. That's cool. We never thought of that. It's never allowed my. Near then, my parents' camcorder. And, like, we would take our models. You know the models you would build? Like, the testers' models and things? Uh-huh. Yeah. We would take those, and we'd put them on a string, and then you'd have a can of uh, of uh, uh, hairspray, and you'd light it, and you'd make it look like the flames were coming out of the back of the jet. Dude, that's oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, we were awesome. That is great. Yeah, you were like the Pixar of your era. <laughs> of my neighborhood. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the who knew Pixar, Pixar started in Homa? That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did it too, but we didn't. We didn't do that kind of stuff. We just did like skits. I didn't. I mean, my dad had. My parents had the camcorder that was, you know, shoulder mounted. Shoulder. Yeah, it was so the one big, in Stranger it Things. Literally, it literally yeah. the VHS tape. It used a full size VHS tape. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I mean, that was uncommon yeah. even back then, and I think it was from like 1983 uh-huh. or something. And. uh yeah, they we we weren't allowed. Like Carson said, we weren't allowed near that mm-hmm. thing. My dad wasn't letting me near that thing. Well, it was too expensive. There's a part in Stranger Things too. And this is not giving anything away, but there is a part in there where uh, they they reference that that ca- the camera that was a big part of the '80s uh, was the camcorder, the uh, the uh, invention of the camcorder for you know commercial uh, like home movies and stuff. Movies. Yeah, but they do. A th- there's a segment in there where she can't. She's trying to watch the tape, but it's the little tape, and she's trying to fit it into the player. And of course, it's way too small. And she's like, "Hey, what is going on? Why can't I?" And, okay, well, you got to take this cord, and it's got to go into the back of that. And you know, you okay? I've got a blue screen. Okay, that's great. Now, now hit play. I mean, that was a big thing, man. If you wanted to watch TV, you had to. There were things that came out of the back of the TV that that were like hard, like cables. They were brass looking cables yeah. fittings yeah. and that's how you know you plug that into the cable because the cable came out of the it was I an s- actual cable i still have a box it's about the size of your standard um large amazon box i have a box about that big 
full of connectors and cables yes. and extensions yep. and adapters and all I kinds have of crazy all of that, stuff. And I UHF, don't know what I'm VHF holding on switches. To. Yeah. And I can't get rid of them. I can't because who knows? Like the kids in Stranger Things, I might need to make something. <laughs> By the way, I'm I, assuming that's what happened. This is not a plug for CVS, even though they are a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> I was at CVS, the pharmacy, and I'm looking. I forget what I was looking for, but I was in that part of, like, behind the... Uh, You're in a porno. Where, I was in that part, like, behind the checkout, and there's, like, unusual things that, you know, that are in a glass case, like... Like stranger have, things? Um, uh, what do you call them? Memory cards and, like, yeah, little yeah, yeah, batteries. Yeah. But then they've got all this stuff kind of behind there. And I, I looked and I saw CDs, and I thought, oh, wow, they still sell CDs and DVDRs. Like for mm-hmm. right, and then who uses that stuff now? And below it, on the bottom shelf, I'm not kidding. Blank cassettes? Maxell <gasps> blank cassettes. Did you buy them? No, because they were five for like $15. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm spending $15. Buy, buy it on the on company that. card. I, keep, I will next time. I keep moving <laughs> a box of VHS tapes from house to house. That's stuff like from when I was growing up. And I know I need to have it converted, but yeah, I just haven't. That's it. So it's just this big box of VHS tapes that are, I'm sure, very heavy for the movers to pick up. And they they rattle against each other. And they're I think they're sitting on a bookshelf now. I've yeah. got old VHS, like video air checks, like where we, you know, you, you set the camcorder up in the studio and you just press record and you do your show. And I've got all those like really cool ones. I need to put that on digital somehow. I know. We need to get that converting stuff. There's a company. uh, I I met the guy that does it. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Can't you just buy one of those little VHS DVR recorder things and just convert it yourself? It's not going to necessarily be as good. They also kind of like remaster it and make it look a little bit better. Um, I can't find the name of it. There's a bunch of them that do it, but I actually met the guy that runs this company. Um, I'll have to look it up. By the way, uh, Big D, Susanna uh, on Facebook says, Hey guys, I love the Beetlejuice song this morning. Play it every Friday. And I think we should. Patrick and Carson were not in the room whenever we did it. Uh, remember Jump in the Line from yep. Beetlejuice? Yeah, from the we, end of the movie. Yeah, Big D was like, let's play it. Why That's not? a great song. Okay, I believe you. One of my favorites. Yeah, it's so good. Harry yeah. Belafonte. Oh, there you go. Did they ever kill the uh, the remake of Beetlejuice or are they still going ahead with that? That's a good question. Like I saw, like about a year ago, they said they were redoing it, and I was like, "Oh, this will be the worst ever." I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I haven't seen anything pop up recently. If it doesn't have Michael Keaton in it, then it's not yeah, why Beetlejuice. Do you guys ever see that uh, movie with Michael Keaton? It had to do with he was a a bird, the Birdman. Birdman. I've never seen it. Was that the Oscar? The one. I've never it seen it, but I heard it was like like one I of heard the it was great. best movies yeah. or whatever. I don't watch movies. Isn't that terrible? Like. I'm yeah. so into TV shows, but like movies, like I'll watch nine hours of Stranger Things, but like a two hour movie, that feels like a commitment. Like if they broke it up into episodes, I'd feel better. Yeah. Because then I can be like, oh, cool. I can go to the fridge. Well, the get new thing the, yeah, with Netflix is uh, miniseries. They're, they're going to start producing even more of those where it's basically a really long movie. Mm-hmm. There's like seven or eight or six episodes, one hour episodes. And that's it. That's the whole story. There's no season two. There's no coming back. Like that's that's kind of the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Like because some of these shows are just gonna. I mean, even House of Cards was great for three seasons, and then it's kind of 
still interesting, but it's not. It never, it never, to me, it wasn't as good as the first two seasons. Well, the first two seasons, you were so shocked. Yes. Yeah. And then, I mean, they just kept trying. You had to keep trying to top it. I mean, maybe they should have ended the story. The original House of Cards, uh, spoiler alert, the English version, they shoot Francis at the end of the third season, and he dies. So, Yeah. Uh, Ryan says Birdman was good. It, was, it wasn't filmed all in one shot. So, I don't it know. It was filmed all in one. No, it was not. There were it parts was made that to were. look that way. No, it says oh. it was made oh, to look that way. To. Oh, yeah. And Beetlejuice 2, by the way, I just checked on IMDb. It is still uh, there. They're still talking about it. It's in, in rewrites right now, but it was just updated on October 12th. So, pretty recent. Yay. Can't um, wait till they ruin that. Yeah. yeah no kidding. I'll tell, tell you something that I think has been really uh, not great lately, and that is Amazon Video. Amazon Prime Video. Have you been on it lately? Uh, it's terrible. Like, what are you you're talking uh, about? Some, uh, pixelization? Or? No, I mean, just content. They don't have very Did good you? content. Well, that's where Doctor Who is right now. So I have to uh, go there to watch Doctor Who. But well, I, I, their, their UI, their user interface, yeah. UI, keep it's that. Terrible. Uh, it's the worst ever. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that it's free because I have Amazon Prime, I wouldn't use it. <clears throat> it's that clunky. Yeah. It, I, w- I had to use it to try to watch lore. Uh, which is a new series on Amazon Video. It's um, it's from a podcast about folklore and stuff, and they made it into a TV show. Cool. And I had to jump through so many hoops to try to get this thing to show up on my TV, and and it wasn't great. <laughs> Do you was, have like a? I was Roku? very upset by that. You don't have a Roku or? I have it Chromecast built into or... my TV. Um, and you still had a hard time. Yeah, getting it like on? I'm, wow. I'm clicking on Amazon Video. And it was like, do you want to look at new series? Yes, because I knew it was new. It was like the day it came out. And I had to go through three other steps before it finally showed me lore. And I clicked on lore. And then there was something else. And it took me another screen to get to the actual episodes. And then it wouldn't cast to my other TV. And I was like, all right, y'all. Like, the, I, yeah. I am I am way over my head here. I'm just trying to watch TV show, which, again, <laughs> ended up not being worth that much effort that I put into it. Really? You didn't like it? Mm-mm. I got through an episode and a half. I'm looking right here. Carrie says the lore show is, and in all caps, awesome. So- God bless you, Carrie. I loved the podcast. I thought the show drags on and on. Have I you, was like, mm-mm. Have you seen the end of 11-22-63? Yeah, I have. No. Okay, because I've only watched like half of it. Matt mentioned it on here. Is it worth finishing? Or yeah. is it going to be like the man in High Castle where you go, oh, my God, yeah. is this ever going to end? <laughs> You know, you no, know, it, it's it's not a great ending. Really? No, it, it's not. And I, I, uh, I li- you're gonna lie to yourself and say that it was a great ending because you get you committed so much time to it, but it just does not. It just kind of go. You, I take it back. It has it has moments where you're kind of like, okay, yes, but it's not as the ending is not nearly as cool as you think it is. It's not terrible. It's kind of an emotional. It's a very emotional ending. But what? it just kind of ends, you're kind of like, man, y'all could have done so much more. I loved the guy. I have the no guy. idea what y'all are talking about 112263 right is a show. It's a it's based on a Stephen King book about uh, this guy who's Goes trying to time. go back in time and stop the Kennedy assassination. And that's who we need to find out the truth about the Kennedy papers from. Yeah. Because he uh, seems to know. Uh, it had that that uh, ser- that book, whatever, movie, series, one call it, was, is really good. It starts off a little slow. And then it's great, 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 great. And then about 
an hour left, it goes. Like the last uh, Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. That's because that last book was. The last book she didn't know where she was going. I don't think it was that. I think they were just saying, Mm -hmm. hey, we need to put this book out. You're at your deadline. Wrap it. Oh, my God. And so she did. Speaking of which. Anybody else not particularly thrilled with The Walking Dead this season? Uh, I like. I feel like okay. like there's some lightning bolt that's going to come down for me mm. as a super fan saying that. Okay, remember I was not available to watch it this weekend. Mm-hmm. We watched the weekend before. But so even I'm, the I'm, weekend before, even the season premiere was like, "We're all fighting all the bullets," which weren't all we worried? The bullets. Yeah, it was we, the dumbest thing ever. By the way, were we worried that we're running out of bullets? Those little that little those uh, metal walls they glued to the cars. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was like aluminum. This yeah, was, that's not going to stop a bullet. My people. friends had a premiere party for The Walking Dead, and we made all this food, and I made like cupcakes and the whole thing. I literally spent the entire premiere. Because I was, like, so not engrossed in it. I was on my phone tweeting people about Outlander. That was it. I was just not at all engaged. And last week wasn't much better. Really? I mean, I'm not, again, they could pick it up. That's kind of sacrilegious for you. I know. That's why it pains me to say it. But I I have high hopes that maybe this is just setting the groundwork for other episodes. And I just have to plow through them. I'm going to be the person to say it. The walking, as much as, as a character... He's kind of a cool dude. The Walking Dead has sucked since Negan has stepped on the screen. Preach on. It has absolutely sucked. They, they've lost their way, and whatever their way is, they need to hurry up and find it. Um, you know, I'm sick of their human story. I want to see people trying to get back to, you know, surviving from the zombies. And it, it, uh, what yeah. they do is now they use the zombie hordes as a— Yeah, a, as a weapon. Oh, yeah, it's— <sighs> Get back to the real deal, One of the best parts of uh, Walking Dead was, to, for me, was when I loved all that stuff, you know, the very beginning. Season you know, one. Season was one was great. Um, it was, and then I, it, for me, it started, the last great thing that happened was when they were on the road trying to get to D.C. because uh, What's-His-Face had the cure, knew the cure. Eugene. Eugene. Mm-hmm. And... I felt that that was a really cool thing. You felt this, like, okay, cool. I was hoping they would get there and we would kind of get on with the story, not get back into I feel like we're, they're doing the same thing every well, That's why I like Fear the Walking Dead better. Fear the Walking Dead season one was one of the worst things I've ever, ever watched yeah, on terrible. TV. But once you get past it, the rest of it has been amazing. I think, and that's and what it, a lot of people have said. The Walking Dead for me has become... Like you said, we're focusing so much on these these wars and all these people that we're fighting. And also, boy, did we did we come to this really quickly that suddenly, hey, here's four communities with hundreds of people. And here's a bunch of characters. You won't even learn their names to care about them. But we kill them. It's supposed to be sad. And like, whoa, can we settle back down? Because I think part of the intrigue of The Walking Dead was we all put ourselves into it. Like, what would I do? You in related that to the characters, and oh. then when they killed the characters, that you yeah. cared about it. Well, I think what it is is they've gotten into this mindset of they're having to get bigger yeah. and explodier <laughs> and, you know, whatever um, each and every episode or each and every season. And it's not about that. It's about that personal relationship right. with that little handful of characters that you have on the show. Yeah, well, you get a personal relationship with a little handful of characters, and one by one, they kill them off. Yeah. To shock you, and then and then you bring are, in a new person, which they left. did. They did for the first what three seasons. They would slowly yes. replace people, and it was it was nice. They kept it small, but then they got too big, and I think it's too clunky, and the machine's just not working. 
Too many moving parts, man. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I never got into it because it sounds terrible. Yeah, it's still good. <laughs> I mean, I will still be watching, but yeah. Well, we got a big a big week next week. Uh, we're going to be at the CMAs um, doing the show from the CMA Awards, talking to everybody. and It's a, it's a fun time. Uh, we do it every year. And, uh, hopefully, you'll you'll be tuning in for that on the on the regular show. Um, probably not going to do much on the podcast from there, but... Uh, no, we, the podcast will be will be back and done. And but yeah, it'll be over. So, um, but yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's going to be a, a big, exciting. We got a lot of stuff going on next week. I am actually looking next week. We have, uh, yeah, you and I have a busy week. Then, yeah, okay, okay, never mind. I was looking at two other things. Yeah, we're good. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Whatever Big D said, times two. <laughs> 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 Gee, thanks for adding something to that. Hello. <laughs> Do that again, please. Good morning. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I don't know, man. It just cracks me up. That cracks me up. All right. So if somebody wants to go see the forensic proof of the second shooter uh, conspiracy, you can do that. Again, what was the uh, thing? Uh, it's Health Ranger and then Vegas. Health Ranger Vegas. Okay. And you'll find on Google and you'll see the video. All right, cool. Anybody uh, got anything else they want to add? Uh, no. no, not really. Bob DePiro interview coming up here in just a minute. It's Bob, really cool. Really Songwriter cool. Spotlight is awesome. And we have another really cool one for you. This guy has written so many songs, like a thousand. Oh, he's like, so good. He's had a thousand songs a thousand, recorded. No, no joke. Over a thousand recorded songs. That's insane. So uh, we'll put that in after the uh, the end of the close of the jingle here. If you're watching on Facebook, you're missing out. You're only getting half of the podcast. You got to actually subscribe on the pod- podcast apps yep. to uh, to get the whole story here. So there you go. Take Tom Punk. Good morning. <laughs> Did you that stop way. it? Why'd yeah, you stop it? I stopped it because I didn't want to be that guy. Good, Good. morning. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I don't know. It makes me laugh every time. A lot can go wrong in 20 minutes, and your car's engine is no different. Up to 75% of engine wear happens during warm-up, but Castrol GTX Magnatech has intelligent molecules that cling to your engine like a magnet, providing you instant protection from the moment you start. Hey, guys. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I love you. All right. Tickle Love you fight. too. <laughs> this was the podcast, but now it's over. But that's, that's okay. Because you can listen to the regular show on the radio every day. It was the podcast. A hey, part of our uh, songwriter spotlight today is uh, writer and uh, overall fine fella. Bob DePiro is joining us. Hello, Bob. How are you, man? Good Hello, you. fellas. How are y'all doing? We're good. So it says here uh, you've had over 1,000 songs recorded by other artists. 1,000. 1,000. Like, like, how hard was it? Like, when you were at 999, <laughs> were you like, come on, just somebody. I don't care who it is. Just somebody. Put me over 1,000. It's just, I don't know where that came. Do you, um, you started uh, songwriting. You know, that's the thing. I was talking to him in the green room about, Okay, it's the kitchen. Um, but I was talking to him. It's both. Um, I was talking to him about how country music is It's different because we really do support the songwriter more than any other genre of music because it's so important. That's what our, our music is about, a story. It is. It's, a, it's three chords and the truth. Somebody said it before I did. It's deceptively simple and it's about the story. Talk, talk to us about, like, I kind of go through some of these songs you, you've had. American Made, Oak Ridge Boys, back in 83. 
Yes, I 1983. Was, I was four years old at the time. <laughs> I had the body of a I five-year-old. I was four old. years old, actually. <laughs> Uh, Little yeah, Rock, man. Little Rock from Reba, Church on Cumberland Road, Shenandoah, uh, Money in the Bank, Cleopatra, Cleopatra Queen of Denial. Mm. Wow. What a great uh, video the, that was. Too well, cool. also, just the title of that one is just, fantastic. Yeah. Was that never... See, I always remember Queen of Denial, but I'm thinking I only know it because of your song. Well, it was a joke. I mean, it's it was a punchline to a joke. We were just joking and somebody told this joke. Call me Cleopatra, I'm Queen of Denial. And we're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> kind of a cool, crazy, nutty idea. Let's write that. Yeah. What about uh, Blue Clear Sky from George Strait? 1996, George puts it out. What's the story on that song? The true story, the very, very true story is I went to see the movie Forrest Gump. And in the movie, Forrest is talking about his girlfriend, Jenny. You'll hear it, and he's saying, Jeannie was gone, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, clear sky, she came back. And I thought, ah, that's backwards. This <laughs> said Forrest Gump. He's crazy. <laughs> but I, it just struck me, that it, that backwardsness of it. And about two weeks later, my phone rings, and it's Tony Brown, who was producing George Strait, the one and only George Strait. And he said, hey, man, we're in the we're in the studio right now. We're burning daylight. Don't you think this song ought to be called Clear Blue Sky? And he caught me by such surprise. I told him about going to see Forrest Gump and life is like a box of chocolates. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to yeah. tell him. He goes, okay, hold on. And he passes the phone and the voice comes on the phone and he said, hey, where are you from? <laughs> I said, what? He goes, where are you from? Where am I from? I'm from uh, Ohio. And he goes, look, I'm from Texas. In Texas, we don't say blue, clear sky. We say clear blue sky. Don't you think this song ought to be called clear blue sky? And that was George Strait on the phone. I didn't know at the time, so I told him I went to see Forrest Gump. <laughs> I did. I did. Life is like a box of chocolates and the fact that Who's Forrest- going to argue with well, Forrest Gump? How can you make that kind of stuff up? It's true. <laughs> and the fact that he said blue, clear sky, and there's silence on the phone felt like two hours. And I said, well, what do you think you're going to do, George? And, and he said, well... I guess we'll be gumsters. <laughs> and adios. And he hung the phone up and cut Blue Clear Sky. And it was like a five-week number one. And he named his album Blue Clear Sky. And it became the <laughs> CMA album of the week, of the year. And it's like, okay. Uh, can we hear a little bit of it? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, let's see. Are you going to sing Clear Blue Sky? I probably will. It's pretty early. This okay, morning. yeah, try it. That'd be great. <laughs> you swear you've had enough. You're ready to give up On that little lie they call love Then out of the blue, blue sky Falling right into your hands Like rain on the desert sand It's the last thing you had planned Then out of the blue, blue sky Here she comes a walking, talking to love Saying I've been looking for you, love Surprise, your new love has arrived Out of the blue, clear sky <laughs> In my head, I 
had, I was going clear blue sky. Yeah, yeah. I, kept tra- I, clear blue I kept trying sky. to do it, but it didn't work. Uh, it didn't work in my head, didn't work in the world. Bob DePiro is joining us in the studio for our songwriter spotlight. And uh, by the way, he has been uh, named BMI icon for the BMI Country Awards. Woo-hoo! It's coming up. That is a huge, wow. huge honor. I mean, um, we're talking about Mac Davis, Vince Gill, was it? Uh, Bo Cephas, Willie Nelson, Christofferson. Ugh. Charlie Please. Daniels, Haggard, and now you. I, I know. I mean, what, they run out of big names or something? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am, I, honestly, I'm just stunned and grateful and humble. It's just bigger than my mind can wrap itself around. What have, you ever, have you ever had a song that you thought, man, this is going to be the biggest song, and then you felt like the wrong person sang it? Yes. I've been around enough. Any names? To, no. <laughs> Damn, man. No. But I've also had songs recorded that I thought, oh, I'm kind of cringing. Oh, like, the artist A just cut your song. And I'm going, oh, man. And then it ends up blowing then, up. Has the economics of songwriting changed over the years very much? Uh, yes, immeasurably. In a good way or a bad way? Uh, a bad way. There was a whole middle class of songwriters that may not have been the big number one dog songwriters, but they were able to to make a, a living. They were able to make a living, put their kids through school, have a vacation, and that whole middle class is pretty much gone. But there are still those writers making, uh, making big money, but not so much anybody beyond that little golden circle. Uh, Bob DePiro is our guest. Uh, we'll come back talk with him. Take us out on it's a break. Really fascinating. Take us out to a break it on uh, something, a song that uh, that one of your favorites that you love to play, and we'll come back with Bob DePiro. Okay, I love this song. Just about a mile off of 109, there's a little church laying back in the pines. Told that little girl she was gonna be mine. Wouldn't be surprised if she was standing there crying. Whoa, didn't know Ford Ford could go so slow. Church on the Cumberland Road. We've been rocking all night. Don't you know you got to get me to the church on the Cumberland Road? <laughs> hey, our uh, songwriter spotlight today and uh, is Bob DePiro. Bob is uh, one of the one of the premier <sighs> songwriters yeah, that yeah. we've had. Yeah, easily really that are. we've had in country music for. Oh, man, you're going on, what, 30 years? Oh, man. Unbelievable. Um, and <laughs> I mean, everything from the Oak Ridge Boys to Reba to Faith Hill to mm. George Strait to Yamama, everybody has sang one of his songs. <laughs> I bet your mama has sang one <laughs> your of mama his songs. Has yeah. Yeah. She has. <laughs> um, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Bob, uh, Patrick was in here telling you a story about uh, Money in the Bank from uh, that John Anderson cut. T- t- tell the story again. Well, I, I didn't know it, if because I never. Heard I didn't this know before. if Bob had ever heard this, but but Tracy mm-hmm. Lawrence told me this story. He said he was in the studio. He had secured the. I don't even know how. What do you call the it? rights he to the, the song? Gotten right. 
the he, rights. He was going to record that song. Yes. And he was in the studio working on it, and he just couldn't get out of his head. He was doing basically a John Anderson impersonation. <laughs> now, he why kept, was he doing a John Anderson impersonation? Well, he just the just way he was it. singing it. was just it. the way he was singing it. He realized he was just... He was trying to sing it like John Anderson, and it was driving him crazy. He would go back in and go, "Nope, not going to do that. Lit, not going to do that John Anderson thing. I'm going to sing it like me." And he'd go in there and better than money in the bank. He's like, "Oh no, I can't." So then, finally, he got upset and he took a break and he called John Anderson and said, "Listen, I'm trying to cut this song, and I can't stop singing it like I think you would sing it." He goes, "I think you should cut this song." And then John, and Anderson, John Anderson did cut it John instead, Anderson and it huge. became a number one hit. And First time I've ever heard that story. First can you time. do you, when you play uh, Money in the Bank? Do you do Money in the Right? Do you do that? Oh yeah, oh, you do. Your love's better. Let's see. Your love's better. Money in the Bank. <laughs> Is that how you wrote it, or did yeah, you just put yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's how we wrote it. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you like write, he, do you write like songs for, for certain people because their styles? Like, you know, uh, you know George <laughs> like Jones. Cowboy, well, something. I was going to say Cowboys Like Us, one of my favorite George Strait songs of all time. When you wrote Thank that, you. did you, you had have to it? have George in mind when you wrote we that. Okay. that? We did. Okay, because it sounds song, like a George song. On that particular song, we heard that George has got a couple buddies. And they've done it ever since high school. They get on motorcycles and they ride down into Mexico. It's literally the song. Can't, it's that is who they are, you know. And yeah, so we just kind of tried to write that piece of his life into the song. And then you have to hope he likes it because no one oh, yeah. else has got the I mean, song. Yeah. Then what are you going to do now? Like yeah. what's something else you <laughs> cut or you wrote with somebody specifically in mind? I'm sure I've done that. Let's write a song for Reba. But usually the only time I'll do that is when I'm actually sitting in a room with the writer, sitting in a room with Chris Young or sitting in a room with uh, Dirk Bentley. Or... Do people come in and they're starstruck? Like you have Dirk Bentley who comes in and he's like, I'm here with you. I remember doing a, a writer's round with Keith Urban, right? Uh-huh. And it was in a publisher's house. It was very small, you know. And, and he's sitting to the right of me and I played Church on Cumberland Road. And, you know, I'll take Keith's guitar player. Take it, Keith. <laughs> he ripped this solo out, man. I'm like going, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and then we finished, and he goes, oh, man, I just played with Bob DePiro. <laughs> oh, wow. Are you kidding That's cool. me? That's Well, congratulations. Uh, again, Bob is being uh, honored. He's the uh, for the BMI Country Awards uh, as BMI Icon. Yes. Uh, joining the likes of, oh, I don't know if you've heard of any of these guys or not, but Chris Christofferson, Hank Williams Jr., Willie Nelson, Merle Haggard, Charlie Daniels, just a couple of guys. It's kind of a big deal. Just a couple of guys. Do I, do I, can I have time for one more story? Please. You, you mentioned Chris Christofferson. Uh, Chris wrote at my first publishing company. His publisher was my first publisher, which was Combine Music. And our publisher comes up to the third floor and goes, uh, Asked me, he goes, his son, he goes, uh, Chris is downstairs. And I, Chris, yes. Christopherson, yes. And, and he wants you to help him figure out a song, a uh, Hank Williams song, because he's singing it tonight on some TV show. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm going, it's Christopherson. you got to be kidding me. So I go downstairs, man, and I'm just a fanboy, you know, and I'm looking at Chris. He's got his mirror shades on. He's just kind of laying back and, 
his Martin 12-string guitar is, is in a case on the floor. And uh, Beckham goes, oh, it's Chris, Chris, Bob, uh, uh, go ahead, son, uh, help him this, with this song. I, I'm, I'm just talking to Chris, and I'm going, Chris, I'm such a big fan of yours, man. You're my hero. I reach down and grab his guitar to learn it on there, and I bring it up and ram it into this corner of Bob Beckham's desk and put a nice big little divot on the oh, front no. of his Martin 12-string guitar. Oh, I'm, no. I'm just going, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> and Chris just sits there like a stone. He's just never said a word. <laughs> so I learned the song. I taught it to him, and I left immediately. And I later talked to him. I said, do you remember that? He goes, uh, son, I don't remember much of the 80s. <laughs> and I said, I get it. I get it. <laughs> well, congratulations, man. You, it's much deserved. And uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us, telling us great stories. Uh, it it's so important for country music to know the the song the story and and the song. It's songwriter. all about these songs, yep. and it's all about these people who put these songs together. Uh, you know, by the time it reaches our ears, there's a lot of people involved, mm-hmm. and we like going to the source. Absolutely. It's so cool to get to the songwriters. Well. Thank you, Big D and Bubba, for championing songwriters. I mean, I, I think it's a wonderful thing. I'm just glad to be on the show with you. Um, appreciate it. Good guy, Bob DePierre, everyone. You.